Many years ago, I gave a day-long Advent retreat to a young adults group at a parish in the city. We began our day with an Ignatian examine prayer. When we finished the examine, a young man quietly told me that he felt like he just wanted to run away from the retreat. I asked him what was going on. He told me that he felt some strong emotion stirred up. It frightened him, and he didn't know what to do with this. He felt disturbed. I share this little story because I think this is a part of the human experience we have with God when God shows up. When God shows up with us, it can feel disturbing, and there is a part of us that wants to resist this. Let's unpack this a little bit, this theme of the God who disturbs. Consider some stories from the Bible. We have Abraham. He's an old man, presumably imagining that he's in the final years of his life. And then God tells him to leave the place he knows and go to a land I will show you. We also have the Hebrews in Egypt. The liberation that God brought to them was very consoling, but also disturbing. It was so disturbing that at points they complained to God and said we were better off back in Egypt. That's how disturbing the grace of freedom can be. Think of Mary, the mother of Jesus. When she receives the news from the angel Gabriel that God is asking her to be the mother of Jesus, Luke tells us that she was greatly troubled and she pondered these things. When Joseph learns that his betrothed is pregnant, he is so disturbed that he just wants out. And think of King Herod. He perceives that something extraordinary is happening in the birth of the child, and he is so disturbed that he is willing to do murder. We also see this theme of God's disturbing grace in my favorite Christmas story, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. This is a story about how grace steers us to confront the reality of who we are, to face the truth of who we are, to face the implications and consequences of our words and actions, to bring what we've been ignoring and perhaps in denial about to consciousness. It's about how God works to redeem us here and now. And we see that for the main character, Ebenezer Scrooge, it's very disturbing. He's deeply disturbed by what he sees. The three ghosts, who I interpret as symbols of God's refining work on the human soul, have a frightening, dark, jarring side to them. And this speaks to a dimension of the spiritual journey that I think we have to be ready for. When we encounter raw love, raw justice, raw truth, raw compassion, these are white-hot energies that can be frightening to behold and to experience. They are disturbing. Ebenezer was facing raw archetypal truth and compassion, and he also saw unconditional love. And these ultimately redeemed him, but when he first encountered them, they were disturbing. Here's something I've noticed in my work as a religious educator, retreat director, spiritual director, and as someone who has been on the spiritual path for some time. We say we want God in our lives. We want to be closer to God, and we pray for this. 
Yet when God shows up, we feel disturbed and we resist. When we let God into our lives, when we nurture a friendship with God, we are letting in the raw energies of love, healing, and compassion. These will change us. They bring to consciousness those parts of us most in need of healing. They help us to see where our wounds are. And we become more conscious also of the pain and suffering of the world. And once we realize these things, once we see them, we can't unsee them. We can try to ignore them, we can try to suppress them, but we can't unsee truth. In a way, the light becomes brighter, but the shadow also becomes more visible as well. This is a part of the cost of consciousness, the cost of grace. And this is disturbing. It might change the trajectory of our lives, as it did with Abraham and the Israelites and Mary and Joseph. It might lead us to discover in a deeper way our vocation, that is, the place within us where our gifts, talents, and deep desires meet a need the world has. This could drive us to make some changes in our lives. We might finally find the courage to seek help we need to confront an addiction. This could be a major revolution for us, including in our relationships. God's grace is indeed disturbing. I'd like to, to, to conclude with a few questions for reflection. I offer these as a possible first step toward holding this feeling of being disturbed, holding it so we can allow this grace to do its work in us. So, how do you respond to being disturbed? What are the ways that you notice you are, might be suppressing now or in the past might have suppressed the sense of being disturbed by God's grace? How might God have been at work in the areas of your life where you have been or might be feeling now disturbed? And finally, what would it be like to pray for the grace to be disturbed as we continue through this Advent season. And with that, let's go into a few moments of quiet meditation. <laughs> 